I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I realized I start start the podcast in almost the same way each time, saying thank you for joining in. It's really genuine. I'm it's because I'm really grateful that you are listening. And one of my biggest goals, or not goals, sorry, values is education and development. Um, I love learning. I love being able to understand how to do things better or more things, particularly in my parenting and in my work with children. So I'm really grateful to think that there are people on the other um, end of this stream listening in and you might be learning things you didn't know and developing skills or refining skills or thinking about things differently. And I really am grateful for that. Today, we're talking about summer meltdowns. I'm imagining in my mind this scene we've probably all experienced where we buy our kids an ice cream and before everyone's happy, it's good. And then before long, it's all melted. There's you know, mess everywhere. It's chaos. Um, and I think in a way I see sometimes our kids melt down in that same way. Um, they start off okay, things get hard and it snowballs and trickles and then we have a big mess on our hands. It doesn't just happen in summer, I know, but um, summer holidays involves lots of time spent together, um, out of routine, different activities. And so some you know, eventually that familiarity will start to, you know, close quarters, it will, people end up grating on each other, let's put it that way. Uh, and so I wanted to cover how to manage um, behaviour today, manage challenging behaviour. But there is a caveat on that, and that is that most things I'll be talking about is um, about prevention preventing challenging behaviour rather than uh, dealing with it when it comes up because prevention is much better than um, emergency management on the other side of things. Uh, having said that, I will talk about what you can do um, when things go pear-shaped, but it's going to be on the lines of more um, guiding principles rather than specific advice. So to start out with these um, challenging behaviours, I think one of the most important things is to be able to understand it. Um, understanding what is going on for your kids in that time is really important. I've mentioned it before, but we can't overestimate the importance of understanding why your child is having trouble uh, understanding why will give you the key of knowing what to address. So often we talk about in psychology, it's a classic example of the um, iceberg. What you see on the surface is one thing, but what you need to understand is what's going on underneath the surface. I like in 
Raising Good Kids, I think, is the program by the Australian Childhood Foundation. They talk about an anthill instead, which is much more applicable in Australia. And so thinking about the, the part you see on the surface, but then there's all of this activity going on underneath. And so the way I think about it is the behaviour is what you can see and what's going on underneath lets you know why the behaviour is happening. And that's the thing to try to intervene with rather than the behaviour itself. It's about understanding and intervening with what your kids need or how they feel, what they're having trouble with. Um, that's all the bit that we don't see. That's underneath. So as a parent, I think it takes time to sit with what's happening, which means uh, just, you know, literally sitting is, is why I say sit with it. But on reflecting, it's through reflecting on what your child is doing um, that you can make some guesses about what's happening underneath. We call that hypothesis um, in psychology because it's we don't know for sure. We have to kind of check it out. And so asking your children or reflecting to them what you notice about their feelings and maybe what you think is happening and checking in if that's correct is a great way to go if your kids have that capacity if they don't have that capacity, maybe they, um, you know, are nonverbal or quite young, then you have you can have some guesses still about what's happening um, and see if you can intervene to support some of those things and maybe the behaviours will change. Uh, an example of that might be that you're guessing your child is really frustrated about something um, and helping them by solving that problem could lead to reduction in how many behaviours exist around it. By understanding what's happening, um, it also gives you the ability to be proactive in the situation as well. So you can be proactive by um, using, meeting your child's underlying needs. So for example, sensory needs, uh, communication needs is another big one because behaviour often is a form of communication. So that might be using visual supports if your child needs um, that visual communication. So meeting all of those underlying needs will help. The other thing that helps is having boundaries and structure as well. All kids need boundaries um, and that's putting in limits of what, um, you know, is acceptable and, and unacceptable or how you run things as a family. And the boundaries are what lets kids know kind of where they are in the world. So an example could be that, that boundaries kind of function as walls and so they, kids know where they are within a room because of the walls. Um, you can see boundaries as the same. And most kids, in fact, all kids like structure and routine as well because um, routine is a form of communication. So if kids are doing the same thing each day, they understand what's happening for the day. And you don't, you can be as strict with it or as lax with it as you want to be, but some kind of general routine about how things run is what will help kids feel they're in an environment that's predictable and safe. 
um, because they know things mostly happen the same way. So those are the, the setting ev events, I guess, that you can create that will, um, it's like the foundation for then kids being able to be secure and safe in the environment. Um, and that's what will lead to, you know, it minimises those feelings like worry, stress, frustration that can often lead to challenging behaviours. Once you've got the foundations right, um, looking at encouraging positive behaviour is a great thing to do. So how you can encourage positive behaviour again is through consistency. And so that's, for example, if you um, implement some boundaries, you've got to stick to them. If you don't stick to them, kids aren't sure they're real or not. So they'll keep coming up and poking and pressing and prodding the boundary to find out exactly where it is. But if you are really consistent, they know where it is. They can leave it there and go and do something else. To have that consistency um, is important, but you need to base it also on clear expectations. Uh, and clear expectations are really about kids knowing what's okay and what's not okay. And it's also about knowing how they're expected to deal with problems, um, communicate with others, how they can ask for help. Having really, for kids having clear expectations means they know what to do um, and how to interact with their family and their world. Uh, then the third layer of that is reinforcement um, of those things. So if your kids are doing things that you think um, are great, then reinforce that. Pay attention to it, notice it, comment on it and praise your child for those things. So, for example, it might be if they ask for help. Um, that for me and my family is a big, a, a, you know, a great behaviour, I think, um, or telling telling me how they feel. That's something that then I will reinforce all the time. I also reinforce things like self-regulation or emotional regulation. Um, so if one of my kids has, you know, got really frustrated, maybe thrown something and stormed off, they take some time for themselves and they come back and they say, you know, sometimes they say sorry about that. Sometimes they just come back and be close to me. And I might say, um, this is what reinforcement is. I guess it doesn't always have to be a tangible reward, but it can be something like, I noticed how hard that was for you. You ha were having really big feelings and you have calmed yourself down. That's amazing. Now that I say that out loud, it makes me think it's worth mentioning that kids don't always do it on their own and mine don't. Um, and sometimes they need time with you. Sometimes they just need it to hug it out while they cry and then help you help them through it. Um, I don't think you can expect kids to go off and do it on their own, but all kids are different and some kids like to do that because it helps them, like being away from somebody can help them regulate and bring those feelings down. And if they're near to somebody, they just keep getting re-escalated. Um, so however your kids do it, acknowledging it and showing them that you see what they've done and you're proud of that is a really great reinforcement. And so then there are some times when challenges will still come up. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's normal. It's totally normal. It's going to happen eventually and even with adults as well. So there's really three key things to think about 
when you're wanting to manage your child having a, a challenging behavioural like meltdown. And here are the three things. One is to keep yourself calm. We say it like it's easy. It's not easy. There's lots of deep breathing that happens <laughs> when I'm trying to do this for myself. But there's really no way around it. If you can't keep calm, things will escalate. So deep breathing for yourself. Take five minutes out for yourself if that's what you need to do and it's safe to do so. Um, if not, it might just be thinking about things in your head, trying to be mindful as you sit there with your children, trying to pass the time through this challenge with them. But if you don't keep calm, they won't really be able to. You may need to tag in another parent at some point as well, co-parent or somebody else who's around if things get um, really hairy. The reason you need to keep calm is because then you can co-regulate your child. If they are dysregulated, which what you know is the the psychological term for kind of losing it, having a meltdown, being you know upset beyond their capacity to cope, they need a parent to step in and help them with that, and that's what we call co-regulation. So it means that your child can't calm themselves on their own. So you are there as that calm person to sit with your child through that and by them relying on you, they know they're safe because you're there. Um, that is what can regulate them. Without doing that, your child doesn't feel safe, so they can't really regulate. So it's really important that you stay calm um, because you need to be there to co-regulate for them. And the third point is some severity strat strategies is what I'll call them today. And I think um, it's important to realise that that is not for kids to learn about the behaviour. It's not the time to do that. But if there are things that you know will bring the severity down at these times, if it's cuddles, if it's um, time away, if it's whatever, then that's the time to do those things because until things calm down, no problem solving or learning can be done. And, you know, we can't solve problems and move on from them if we're not, um, we don't reach that point. So it's really important to think about um, what those strategies are. I've talked a little bit about it earlier in another episode um, about managing challenges. And so if you want to hear more, you can go back and, and look at that. But I think my challenge for the summer holidays where maybe we have more time is to think about you in this space. Um, what is it that you need to do to be able to keep calm when these challenges happen? Because if you plan for that, you're going to find it much more likely that you'll be able to do it. Um, an important thing might be a thing up, uh, sorry, to think what challenges come up for you, what thoughts and um, feelings you have in these times. Think about it now as you're calm and relaxed um, and maybe you can answer some of those questions um, if you feel stressed about it, if you feel like you're a bad parent or that kind of thing. Address them now while you're calm and make peace with those kind of thoughts and then when they come up in the situation, 
just don't give them much um, notice and, and focus on those things you need to do for yourself to feel calm in that situation. It's about, I guess it's a lot of reflection in the summer series um, because it's when we have more time and space to do those things when we're not as busy. So hopefully that gives you some ways of thinking about how to manage challenges, but more importantly, to prevent them. Um, and I really wish you a summer without many challenges at all and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks again for listening in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.